not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And oftentimes, the most righteous thing you can do is shake the table. I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. There is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. What's up, Bulls, and welcome to Lead On Podcast, a podcast designed to foster leadership development by talking to real leaders. Let's lean in and lead on. Hey, Bulls, you're here with Sarah and Kelsey, and we're so excited to introduce you to Joel Thompson, a deputy director at Rice University's Moody Center for the Arts in Houston, Texas. Joel graduated from University of Buffalo in 2004 with a bachelor's in communication, magnum cum laude. And upon graduating, he worked at UB as a director of ticket operations for the Center of the Arts. In 2016, he moved to Houston to his current institution. Joel has ample volunteer experience with the UB Alumni Association, having experience leading both the Buffalo chapter and Houston chapter. Joel is skilled in nonprofit organizations, budgeting, sales, professional mentoring, and sales management. In his free time, Joel enjoys listening to music and coaching. Thank you, Joel, so much for your time today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so we'll jump right into it. Our very first question for you. Um, talk to us about what makes you a leader. You know, I think first and foremost, uh, leadership comes from the ability to listen. That's kind of always been my philosophy. Um, you know, I think it's, it's super critical to me that my team feels heard, uh, that their opinions are valued, and then I'm really showing, uh, you know, as much professional courtesy um, to anybody that I'm leading, you know, that I would expect. And, uh, you know, I think especially in these, you know, these strange COVID times that we're in, you know, where there's less kind of organic, uh, you know, there's less organic interactions. There's, you know, the, the, the moments of popping into somebody's office and, and having a quick chat are sort of, you know, you know, I miss those, but they're not really happening right now. And hopefully we'll get back to that eventually. But, you know, without that, I think it's even more important that, um, you know, you take that extra minute to really listen and, and, and really make sure people are heard and, and feel like their opinions are, you know, at least being recorded. You know, if, if at the end of the day, decisions go in other directions, fine, but but make sure people feel heard and feel, you know, respected. I, I think that courtesy goes a long way toward uh, for being a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I have to agree on that. I, I kind of miss, as an introvert, I like like having my space, but I also do miss people popping into my office and just seeing. How yeah, you know, it's funny. It's um, I think you know teams can get you know, siloing happens when okay. you're in the office. You know, I think people get into their own little routines, and you know, your marketing director is doing one thing, your budget person is doing another thing, and, yeah. and that's gonna that's going to always kind of be the case. But you know, just crossing paths in the hallway or in the in the in the break room, or you know, or just you know, hitting a happy hour after, after work, you know, I think that that's a, those are big moments for an office to kind of grow and, and yeah. for an organization to kind of, you know, progress. And, um, you know, I think, I, you know, I, we were doing zoom happy hours for a while and after a while, you know, people are like enough, you know, like I can't be yep. on another one of these, these, these computer screen meetings. So let's, um, you know, so even those have kind of fallen by the wayside, but so yeah, you really have to make an extra effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listening to like what your team needs um, in that sense too of like too much Zoom, like understanding that and kind of For trying sure. to find something else or um, where those organic connections can kind of grow. And Joel, you talked a lot about listening and having that skill and utilizing that as a leader. So how did you kind of come to that? How'd you get to where you are today? Um, talk to us about that. 
Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, you learn early in your career, you know, what kind of leadership you kind of gravitate toward. And I think those are the kinds of, of, of people that I did. You know, I think some of my early kind of mentors had that skill. Um, and, you know, those are those are people, I, th I think, in terms of how did I get where I am today, I, I think, you know, building or how did I get to, you know, the leadership skills or, or whatever. I mean, I think I think by building relationships um, is, is really my, my primary answer there. I, I've got a lot of, you know, colleagues and friends over, you know, a 20 year career that I could still, you know, call on at any moment and, and, and you know, get, get advice or get, you know, professional guidance or, or vice versa. And I think that's that's kind of grown down the line as I, as my career has progressed and people that have worked for me. And, and, you know, I think I'd like to think they have the same relationship that, that I have with some of the people that I worked for early in my career. So, so I really think building relationships is, is advice that I give any, anybody that's entering the, the workplace now. Um, you know, when you leave, a, you know, build relationships while you're in a job, when you leave a job, make sure you're leaving on, on proper terms if you can. Um, and just maintain those relationships once you leave, you know, a, an email and notes uh, goes a long way, you know, after the fact, you know, say thank you, you know, be, you know, be a good person, not just a good, you know, employee or good, you know, good boss. And I think that, you know, building those relationships will really help anybody progress, you know, in, in any field, frankly, it doesn't matter if you're an engineer, or if you're in marketing or anything yeah. like that. I think, you know, relationship building is, is critical. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely key. And that's something that I think we talk to a lot of our students about. Um, I know you do a lot of mentoring and obviously with the UV Alumni Association, you're always working with them. Um, but it, it's huge. Students need to know how to network and um, really just create those connections so that when they do go and graduate and go into the, you know, quote unquote, real world, they have uh, an established connection somewhere, which is always helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Alumni Association provides a lot of those opportunities uh, for mentorship. Um, I found, you know, in terms of professional organizations and that I found those to be kind of helpful, you know, in terms of, you know, you build your, your professional networks kind of inside the industry that you're in the, the where I found things to be most helpful though, was more of the, more of the social interaction um, opportunities, mm -hmm. things like the things that the alumni association provides. If you take a job in, in Boston, Massachusetts, then, then find a volunteer opportunity in Boston because, you know, you're going to meet people there that may, maybe aren't necessarily in your field, um, but they're part of your community and you kind of learn kind of what makes the, the world around you tick. And, and that's, I think you grow as an adult, you grow as a, you know, then you grow as a professional as well. And, and um, you know, if that's, if that's coaching, if that's, you know, volunteering at a, at a food kitchen, then, then it's, it's also worthwhile. And it's, um, you know, and, you won't it, you won't be necessarily conscious of it but you, you are growing professionally while you're doing it yeah mm -hmm. absolutely cool so um you've kind of mentioned some you know organizations that you're working with uh talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about the types of programs or maybe organizations that you've been involved with since starting your career yeah i mean professionally you know i i, I came out of the uh the events and kind of concert industry i, I spent 15 years at the ub center for the arts um you know which is is a performing arts venue the, the venue i'm in now the moody center for the arts at rice university we're, we're more visual arts driven um but my, my previous steps in my career both at uh i was a ticket master prior to being at the university of buffalo so i was in this kind of concert and, and promotions world and so i had the opportunity to be part of some of those uh uh, those professional organizations, International Ticketing Association, uh, Box Office Managers of America, or something, BOMA Boma or BOMI, I can't remember what the what they were called exactly. But you know, again, you end up going to you know you end up going to these conferences once a year. It's, they're very vendor driven. You know, you're getting sold a lot of things. You're going to, you know, you're having these workshops, and and there is value. I don't want to 
you know, I don't want to downplay their value, but, uh, you know, again, I think what you can gain out of a, and more of an ongoing kind of networking situation is so much more valuable than what I think you get out of a once a year conference situation, which is what so many of these kind of, you know, professional organizations really ultimately are. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I would just say, you know, find, find opportunities to be, you know, be involved in more social situations, you know, such as your alumni association, or, you know, if, even if it's your, your high school's alumni, you know, whatever the case is, you know, be, be involved so that when, you know, you know, you just never know whose paths you're going to cross with, you know, especially in a town like Buffalo or, or Houston's not, you know, Houston's a gigantic city, but in a lot of ways it feels like a small town. Um, you know, you just you cross paths with people all the time. And, and, you know, if you build good relationships and then you've got a good reputation um, that follows you. And that, that's, those are ways to get ahead and be successful. Um, Look at the, the the marketplace is competitive. You know, you you apply for a job. There's going. You know, you you need to stand out, and mm -hmm. and any any leg up that you can get is is crucial. So especially when you're just starting out and you don't have that. You know, you don't have the resume built quite yet. So you know, if you can say to somebody in an interview setting, if you can get to that interview setting, you know, yes, I've done this. I know this person. You know, I volunteered here. You know, these are the things that are important to me. These are the things that that kind of get me out of bed in the morning. Then you're going to set yourself apart, you know. I think yeah. um, I, I think that's really such a critical area for for young, you know, for for people just entering the workplace to to kind of understand. Yeah, absolutely. and I think having practice on that of like saying, like yes. especially for like students that are um, seniors that are starting to do mock interviews or getting ready for interviews, being able to um, kind of reflect and know what you're going to say is really important. Um, Joel, for UB, for our UB seniors that are getting ready to graduate, how do you recommend them getting involved with like the alumni association? Who do they need to talk to? Yeah, you know, I've got some, I've got some real experience here because my daughter is actually a uh, graduating uh, senior at UB this year. So oh, congratulations uh, <laughs> to her. That's awesome. Yeah, so she's in the uh, the, the public health uh, program um, oh. there. So no, what I, what I've told her, she's gotten involved in the young alumni network. Um, and I, I couldn't recommend that more. I think they're doing a fantastic job. I, I, I you know, I, I was at, again, I was at UB for 15 years. I've, I've been able to kind of see the evolution of the Alumni Association, kind of how it's grown from being, you know, a lot of ways, 15 years ago, it was really about, uh, you know, you'd go to a basketball game and, and you'd mm -hmm. get together afterwards and that's all well and good. We all wear your blue and white and at the end of the day, you go home, right? But yep. Now it's um, now it's become more of a more of a mentorship uh, network and more of a uh, you know professional networking mm -hmm. uh, tool and so I think you know it's they've done and they've done a really good job of reaching inside the current student population to um, to begin kind of cultivating that before students are or even walking across the stage to get their diploma so I, I think that's uh, they've done a really nice job in that area so getting involved there absolutely but and then also at your at your at your school level um, you know i i i was involved with um, an organization called Lam lambda pi ada when i was at ub okay. and that was the professional communication society um, and you know i took a leadership role there as a senior and um, you know and, and frankly i'm still in touch with a few of the people that i was uh, that i was involved with in that side that organization i think those those little touches like that go a long way um, you know, and then, and then making sure, you know, when you do make connections, you establish them, if that's via LinkedIn or if that's via, you know, the, an email or a note, you know, I think there, there are ways to kind of solidify those relationships and, and, um, you know, it, it takes a little bit of effort, but that effort ultimately is, is what's required. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Prime Student. And as a UB student, I love Prime Student because I get a ton of benefits like fast and easy shipping, Prime Video, and Amazon Music. Prime Student also helps my school year run smoothly. Finding school essentials can be stressful, but Prime Student makes my life so much easier. To sign up for your own six-month trial at no cost, go to primestudent.co slash you at Buffalo One and sign up using your UB email. Let's get back to the episode. So talk to us about like your secret sauce of or like leadership principles you follow. Um, I know you talked about just the idea of listening, but are there any other like just secrets that kind of like keep you going? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, there's this notion of kind of uh, supporting first and, and, and kind of leading seconds or, or, you know, kind of serving first and leading seconds. You know, I think you'll hear it kind of phrased a couple of different ways. And, and really what that means is, you know, my, my role as a leader is really to ensure that my team feels really the full weight of my support, um, that they have the tools that they need to succeed. Uh, and that, you know, if there's any roadblocks that I could foresee, you know, that I, you know, I do everything I can to remove those. So, um, and, and really just caring about their success. And, and, and when I say success, I mean that at more of a macro level. I'm, I'm, you know, it's not so much about success in, in a given task. It's really about success. You know, it, it, it is that, right? But it's also success at a more career level. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, careers, their work, their, you know, their work-life balance, that all matters. And I think if you, if you do that enough and, and you create that environment, then you're going to build trust. And once you build that trust, I, I tend to think that good performances follow. So, um, you know, that, that, that it's kind of a principle that I've, I've tried to adhere to. Um, and again, at the end of the day, you know, you're the one making the decisions as, as the leader. But if people feel heard and they, they trust you and they, they trust that you've got their, uh, you know, their, their best in, in, in your heart, then and, you know, typically good performances follow. Uh, so our last question for you, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? I think the best advice that I, I, I've received and that I could give back is is really to surround yourself with quality people. Um, yeah. I, you know, you can't be afraid of people that are smarter than you. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, people that work for you, people that you work for, people that you work with. I, I think that's, there's only really one way to learn, especially once you get out of school, is is that You've got to learn from those around you. You've got to learn from your environment. And the best way to do that is to surround yourself with people that are, are really smart. Um, you know, for instance, my, myself, I, I, I oversee a team that's got a really diverse skill set. Uh, people with, you know, super high technical skills or, you know, or, um, you know, I've, I've got a workshop here in the building, 10,000 square feet. I don't know how to run a lathe, but, you know, he, he does. He's really good at it. So I listen to him, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm taking little things from, those people and and uh you know i like to think i'm building my own kind of toolbox by by being around smart good people and that's that's definitely the advice that i'd give but you know be around successful people be around really smart people and and i think it typically will 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 rub off yeah absolutely yeah i think and i think oh sorry (laughs) go ahead i think this day and age too of like the idea of learning and um like the traditional college student or the like college student a lot of students like all they've been in is school up until they're 21 22 years old and then they're going out and the learning doesn't stop so having an emphasize emphasis on that and kind of surrounding yourself with a diverse group of people I think is excellent advice and I never really thought about that until um you really brought that up and I mean it's such a the truth it's truth of that you're 
constantly learning and to be successful, you have to have that open mindset. Constantly learning. And also I think you need to understand that there's going to be bumps in the road. Um, you know, I, I, you're, you're going to make mistakes and, but I think what you'll find most, and, and that's something that you don't really learn until it happens is, is most people will forgive you and let you make mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, like people will, will let you learn from the mistakes that you make. But so in order to make those mistakes, you've got to go out and you've got to do, and you've got to yeah. perform. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's all part of growing and, and, and learning and, you know, and continuing to progress in your careers. Yeah, definitely. I was going to jump in and say before too, um, one of the things that we discussed in uh, some of the leadership classes that we teach is this idea of recognizing what we call the mavericks. And I think it's just what you talked about. Those smart people that have a really good skill, they have something that they can contribute to the team that very few people can, or at least on that team, they're one of the designated folks to do that. Um, And I think great leadership is all about recognizing those mavericks and then coaching them um, to be stronger people. And so they might be 10 times better at you at leading, you know, something that they're really good at. But that's what makes a great team is when you can find all of those Mavericks, get them in a room together, like you're going to institute so much change. You're going to have um, just great trajectory moving forward. I think it's a, a huge build for a lot of teams. So um, something that we like to talk about. Also, my dog's name is Maverick. And so I joke that like he's like my Maverick. He's pushing me to be better. And, you know, so it's- <laughs> No, I couldn't agree more with that. I, I think, you know, if when you find that kind of that superstar, you know, on your team, uh, you know, don't run from it. Don't be yeah. intimidated by it. Embrace it and just, you know, and coach it up. And, and the better they do, the better you'll do. I really believe yeah. that, you know, that takes, I guess it takes a little self-confidence, but I've never, I've never really found that to be too daunting. And, and uh, I think most people don't, I think most people are, you know, are, are, are smart enough to kind of recognize that. So mm-hmm. um, uh, by all means, yeah, Maverick, superstar. I, I always say superstar is always the word I use, but yep. it's the same, same idea. And, yep. and I, you know, I, I, I think they're out there and when you identify one, Hey, embrace it. Awesome. Well, Joel, thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate um, all the lessons you've been able to talk to us about today, um, everything that you've learned and you are willing to share. And we can't wait to share with our listeners. My pleasure, Sarah Kelsey. I appreciate it. I hope you guys are well. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lead On. We hope you join us next week to discover more secrets of great leadership. In the meantime, lean in and lead on.